like be incognito about their alcoholism? I don't know. <laughs> because every Hallmark movie is the exact same movie with a different cast. Okay. God, why, you should not laugh at that. Do not be proud. No one laughs. No one should be encouraging that. I'm Ashley. I'm Megan. And this is Wine and Dine. Welcome, everyone, to our book review portion of Wine and Dine. This month, our book was Sadie by Courtney Summers. And I'm just going to go ahead and open the floor. If you haven't read this book, we love you. Please stop (laughs) listening, though. We're going to spoil a lot of things here soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, We haven't started our spoiling yet. We'll give kind of like an overall review, Mm -hmm. spoiler-free, up front. Yes. And then we will get into the nitty-gritty of everything. But mm-hmm. uh, before we start, if you haven't read this book and you wanted to, to read it, it's fine. This podcast will be here later. Hit yeah. pause. Go read the book. Um, Come back. Follow our thoughts and feelings. Uh, and, and and let us know your thoughts and feelings. You can always find us um, pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, not on Facebook, but Gmail. Email. Yeah. <laughs> Um, everything that you need to contact us at will be at wine and dine pod. So wine and dine pod at gmail.com on Instagram. It's wine and dine pod at Twitter. You guessed it. Wine, wine and, and dine, dine pod. pod. Um, so a lot of people, uh, not a lot, but I mean, a couple of you have, have said that you wish that they could, you could talk back to us because right. we kind of make this conversational. You can. Yeah, Literally, definitely. My phone is always at my side. Her phone is always at her side. Yeah. Tweet message whatever we're gonna respond so and we're reading it along just the same time you are so if you hit a point in the book and you're just like oh my gosh this happened girls please tell me i'm not cray cray right we'll respond and we all might be cray cray on that point so gosh there was a lot of points in sadie where i felt a little cray cray myself well and we were gonna give this later but if you haven't read it and you want to there are a couple of trigger warnings in the book which i think people should be aware of before reading and before listening so for the listeners out there make sure that you are either i would say 16 years of age or older if you're not make sure you have parental permission to be listening to this podcast Mm -hmm. just because of the topics that we will be covering today and for your warning this will cover pedophilia child abuse drug abuse and sexual assault it's a it's definitely a hard book to get through especially if you guys have suffered any traumas or if any of these are triggers for you um i thought the book is worth reading i won't give anything else other than that but it is kind of difficult to get through for people that those are their triggers or that, you know, have some unresolved traumas to mm-hmm. deal with. So just be aware of that before getting into this book or this podcast in general. Right. Okay. I feel like that's a lot of disclaimers. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I know um, these are topics that aren't going to be easy for you and they're not going to be easy for me. No. Um, so listeners, bear that in mind. Nothing. We are not at all during this podcast saying that anything that took place in this book is okay. No. Um, me and Megan do not condone a lot of the actions that are taken during this book. <laughs> Thanks, listeners! <laughs> <laughs> Look, I told you that my phone is gonna go off, and I 
silenced it. Okay, so. But if you do need assistance in any of these topics or just in general, Megan did find some information here for you guys. I'll be posting that on all of our social media and also at the end of the episode, I'll be giving out a lot of hotline numbers and just places that you can go to for help if you are a sexual assault survivor or if you know a child that's in danger. Um, you know, obviously these topics are hard, but I think some of the good that can come from us talking about it is not just working through it in our own way mm-hmm. to find catharsis, mm-hmm. but to also help people, you know, find help along the way too. Yes. You know, it, yes. It, it's not okay, but it is okay, if that makes sense. It's not okay, but it's not there okay, are but it places happens. out there that you can yes. reach out to 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 get help yeah, if you need it. If you couldn't catch on uh, already, you are definitely not alone and it happens way more than it should, but okay, I don't that's that's a lot. That's, All right, let's yeah, well, let's reel getting, it back. Yeah, let's reel it we're back. Getting a little sad boy hour, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I'm just going to say I gave it a 3 of 5. I thought Courtney Summers handles the topics very well and I had to applaud her for that. I thought the book was somewhat immersive, especially when you're do- dealing with dual perspectives yes. in the way she's doing it. You have Sadie, which is a uh, one-person viewpoint, and then you have um, West, who is the narrator, podcast person. So if you don't know what the book is about, it's 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 kind of hard to explain, so I'll just read the Goodreads book description if okay. that's easier. Yeah. Um, It says, a missing girl on a journey of revenge. A serial-like podcast following the clues that she's left behind. And an ending that you won't be able to stop talking about. Sadie hasn't had an easy life. Growing up on her own, she's been raising her sister Maddie in an isolated small town, trying her best to provide a normal life and keeping their heads above water. But when Maddie is found dead, Sadie's entire world crumbles. After a somewhat botched police investigation, Sadie is determined to bring her sister's killer to justice and hits the road following a few meager clues to find him. Mm -hmm. When West McRae, a radio personality working on a segment about small forgotten towns, overhears Sadie's story in a local gas station, he becomes obsessed with finding the missing girl. He starts his own podcast as he tracks Sadie's journey, trying to figure out what happened and hoping to find her before it's too late. Courtney Summers has written the breakout book of her career, and Sadie is a propulsive and harrowing and will keep you riveted until the last page. So. I didn't find it riveting. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I, I I put this book down so frequent, Megan. I did too. And I don't even know if it was because the topics were making me uncomfortable or it was just like, uh-huh. So you guys, if you've listened to us before, you know about my rating system. I have a five-point rating system, and each one of those criteria is also broken up into quarters. It's a whole thing. There's math involved. Um, <laughs> I originally... Gave it a 3.5. Yeah, I think I think I gave it a 3 in our estimational. And, well, no, like I gave it like for my rating for the book. I gave it oh, a 3.5. Okay, okay. And then I ended up changing it to a 4 only because of the ending, which we will get to. Because mm. the ending I gave a bonus point because I thought it was so solid. Mm. But I have to agree, I put the book down over and over and over yeah. and over. It, it took us both two weeks. And 
that's not normal for either of us. When mm-hmm. Ashley really gets into a book, it takes her a couple days. When I really get into a book, I'll read it that day, and I just won't sleep. So, like, yeah. it's... You normally can do it within 24 hours. I normally do it between 24 to 72. And I don't think it was just the subject material. That was hard, and I needed to take some yeah. breaks sometimes. It was the structure of the book. I, yeah, I can kind of agree with that. It was one of those, it, when we were in podcast mode there towards the end, I felt like I was consistently going and going and going and going and going yes. when I had those podcasts and Sadie chapters, podcasts and Sadie chapters. I was just like, I feel like I'm getting pushed around too much and it, I can't, it I can't get while, my grounding. It takes a while to find your footing. Yes. Yeah. Um, at so, times I thought it felt a little slow only because it keeps going back and forth and I was like, wait, but it was just getting good here. Why are you making me? Yeah. Why, why do I here? have to go back? I thought that some of the breaks didn't necessarily make sense. Mm-hmm. If that, if that makes sense. Um, I, yeah, no, definitely some of the times that she cuts to West mm-hmm. in the podcast felt really jumbled. Like, it was yes. one of those, like, you probably should you probably could have put two Sadie chapters back to back and then gone to West. So, <laughs> it was really funny that you say that. I started thinking about it, and I was like, if this is a transcript of a podcast, I wonder if there's an actual podcast. And sure enough, there is. Uh, it's literally called uh, The Girls uh, Finding Sadie. Nuh-uh. And so it's not like it was a real-life thing or anything. The guy based it off the book, and he does an episode of pe- a piece, but he puts it where the interviews make sense to end. Oh. And at first I was like, I really like that. Okay. But then I was like, wait, but then, like, I, so I tried to listen to it while I was reading the book, and then I would stop at the Sadie part, but then I was like, wait, but he's still talking here, and when do I stop? It just made it even harder for me. I think that would be interesting, though, to, like, after, since we read it, going back and, and maybe listening to, listening to it. Yes. That'd be interesting. I would very much like that. I think that is really, really cool mm-hmm. that he did that. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, at the same... It's just... A, it's a different reading format. So, yeah, be yeah. aware of that. I don't by any means think that the reading format made this a bad book. The subject matter is still very good and it needed to yeah. be told. But I don't necessarily think... I think it either needed to just be a podcast or just mm. be a book. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, instead of the switching between the two... I mean, I can kind of see what she was trying to do between, like, you have basically the cr- the real timeline is Sadie's chapters, yes. and then West is coming up behind her yeah, and, and doing it. But at the same time, like, the way West is, like, there's a, almost a chunk in the book where you think West is literally going to catch up with Sadie, yeah. and we're going to see those two timelines cross. Well, and I don't want to give too much away because this is supposed to be our spoiler-free section. <laughs> no, I don't think we're giving anything away. I think we're just but, talking about format. Yeah, but the format is just weird. So, I mean, I I know that we've nitpicked about the format for the last six minutes now, but it's a it's weird, weird format. It, it It is. It deserves to be nitpicked. I'm sorry. I don't think that it was the right format for this particular story to be told. I just don't. Yeah. I mean, I like it. It adds a nice element, but I agree. I agree. Um... I did feel attached to my characters. You know, that's the... that I felt attached to all of them. I mean, I felt attached to Maybeth. I felt attached to West. I felt attached to... Mm-hmm. Um, I felt attached to her mom. 
Like, yes, in the end I did. In the beginning I was like, mm. no, you suck and I hate you. But, like, mm. I, I felt attached to Sadie and Javi and, like, all... Oh, yeah. Uh, all the characters that they created, even the awful ones, mm-hmm. I could see them and I could picture them vividly because she okay. does a very good job of detailing. Oh yeah, no, I agree. Every I could hear Sadie stutter. Yes. It, it, uh, yes. The the way that she actually details it mm-hmm. is brilliant. Yeah. No, so I, agree. I she got full points for that for me. Um, the writing style, it, no, it didn't do it for me. But the ending. Nah, you had to do it without giving it I away. I give it away. All I'm saying is that usually my criteria is I need more. Mm-hmm. Okay? I gave it bonus points and created a new bonus criteria of I don't need more because the ending was exactly how it should have been and how it needed to be. And so even though I originally gave the book a 3.5, because I added that half a bonus point on there, Mm -hmm. I ended up giving the book an overall 4, even. Yeah. Um, Okay. Whew. Okay. That ending. I I agree. I think the ending was well executed. I thought it was very well done. I definitely want to talk to you about that more in detail. Yes, please. Um, I need to talk about that more in detail. But the reason why I did not rate it as high as you did is I had to switch formats. Mm -hmm. Halfway through the book, I just, I realized having a physical copy is just not doing it. I can't, I can't do this. I switched to audio. I switched to audio. Finished it within 24 hours. Yeah. I hate myself for it. I literally have a whole section of this page that we'll talk about later on the different types of formats that I tried to read this book in. No. I'm not kidding. Oh, this dang. whole section right here. Oh shoot. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I I don't know me, you know, we we do we've uh, we've talked in the past how the format on how you read a book impacts how you comprehend the book and how you take in the book. I think it, you know, because of how she tried to do this as a podcast, I honestly think audio is going to be better yeah. on this one. And I hate to say that because you and me always like to try to do the physical books first before we try to go anywhere else. I just, I, I really do think because you're getting, you're there's two different voice actor or voice actors voice mm-hmm. actors for this one so it's not a full cast like some of the other books that i've audioed um they have a female and a male to do yeah. sadie and Wes, and then they change their voices to do the other characters like yeah. maybeth and so forth and hobby but it definitely impacted the sadie chapters more mm-hmm. than I expected and the podcast chapters just were like phenomenal. Yes. With the audiobook. However, because I had to do it midway, I had to deduct a point because I, I was just You're like already frustrated I'm already point. frustrated. I can't get into this book. I'll give it one other shot. I'll do it via audio. And yes, the audio made it a hundred times better. But you should as a reader, I feel like having to mix media or mix the way we yes. get it can just it's an added jump exactly i mean i'm lucky we get to do that but at the same time that well, still hinders I feel like that almost brings up a discussion and this is in no way a spoiler so i have no issues having this discussion 
some things are meant for certain formats. Yes. Some things are meant to be a movie. Some things are meant to be a book. Some mm-hmm. things are meant to be a podcast. Some things are meant to be a play. Yeah. And I think that everything has its own niche. In my opinion, mm. I think this would make an amazing HBO series. Only because... Mm. So I just finished watching the first season of True Detective with um, with Ryan. Okay. And it is incredible. But it follows, like, the background on the cops and them doing their thing. And then it mm-hmm. switches to their... It's, like, 30 years in the future and, like these cops are being interviewed about what they're going through so you see their story from back in the day and them interacting with it but then it jumps to okay now they're being interviewed by these other cops that think that they were dirty or whatever Mm. and the way that I finally ended up being able to read this book is by literally imagining everything in my life like an episode of True Detective or everything that I was reading as an episode of True Detective and once I started doing that it was perfect. So what other medias did you attempt? I know you said you tried so, e-reader. I just tried being flat out reading, okay? But then, like, it was so... It, you're just... At first, you're reading a transcript for a podcast. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh. So then, like I said, I tried listening to the podcast and then just reading the Sadie parts. Mm-hmm. And it was too hard flip-flopping. Going back and forth. Back and forth between those medias. Right. So then I uh, found... What did I find? It was um, a little online thing mm-hmm. that may or may not have been legal. I can't quite know yet. Um, <laughs> but it was somebody that was basically doing the same thing. They were reading it the audiobook style. Mm-hmm. And I like being read to. It makes me sleepy. Um, so I couldn't get through it that way either. So my fourth one was when I finally started thinking, you know, this reminds me of something. This back and forth, back and forth. And when I finally compared it to True Detective and then in my mind mm-hmm. literally played it mm-hmm. like a movie or a, a TV mm-hmm. show, show, it was so much easier to get through and I flew through it. Okay. And I really think it's all about finding the right media. Yeah. And I just don't think that this format... Or maybe even it being in book form yeah. was the correct media for it. I honestly think, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna read this if you're gonna pick up and read this book, if you haven't already, I would honestly go audio. Like yes. the actual audio book mm-hmm. versus yeah, anything try else. The back and forth and the just please buy it. It deserves to be bought and Or it, library. Or you know, library, whatever. It it deserves to, to do that. Don't yeah. do the weird Online. Don't do what Megan did. My computer might have viruses now thing. Like, I don't... <laughs> don't, don't do what Megan did. Just um, just audiobook it like Ashley did. Gosh. All right. But. So, I think, I think, I think it's we, time. Are we ready? Okay. Yeah. Guys, just as a reminder, before we get started on this, uh, again, this has several triggers uh, mm-hmm. as far as pedophilia, child abuse, drug abuse, and sexual assault. If that's not something that you're comfortable with, we completely understand Granted, um, we're not comfortable. We're, we're, this might be one of those episodes where you might hear us have some issues ourselves. Yeah, I mean, you already heard us getting a sad boy hour <laughs> for a couple seconds. We're going to try to keep this, you know, Up light and bright as always, but this is definitely a hard topic, and mm-hmm. we completely understand if this episode is something that you have to skip. It's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Like, we love you. Thank you for listening this far. We appreciate your support. Um, but from now on, we're going to get into, um, we're going to, deep dive into Sadie so uh, mm. goodbye if you're not staying long and uh, get ready for the ride if you are yeah. okay spoilers 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 spoilers, spoilers. spoilers. okay <laughs>
guys. Uh, oh, God. I'm going to try to go in order with this only because I really I mean, I honestly I hate... Yeah, no, I think... To be honest, I think we should try something new, and I think we should just hit bullet points. Yes. On these. I don't think we need to go through the entire story. The entire story is very <sighs> convoluted because it's back and forth. Yeah. But the the gist of the story is that in the beginning, Sadie goes missing, and that's why Wes gets involved in, in the beginning. Sadie's right. missing a year after her little sister dies, and they can't find the killer. Well, Sadie thinks that she knows who the killer is, and so Sadie goes after him. It's um, been a year after Maddie died. So Maddie, Maddie died. Yeah. So Maddie is... It's only been a month after Sadie went missing that Wes gets involved. Yes. So it's been a year since Maddie was found dead in an apple orchard um, by a passerby. Yeah. Pretty much. The yeah. way that they describe it... She was bludgeoned? Is, but it was almost too eerie because the way that the guy says it is... I will not go into details on this podcast about exactly what happened to her, but that tells you immediately what he's not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like the fact that he didn't say it was just as I already had an image had. in my head of like what she probably looked like cuz he did say that she was bludgeoned. Yes. And, and she was and burned. So in my brain I would, if those two things can yeah. be mentioned, what can't be? Yeah, yeah. that's kind of where my <laughs> yeah my brain pretty much was like, okay, I'm gonna say she's not clothed, yeah. and, and she was 13 at the time. Yeah, and I guarantee you that body had some pretty nasty. Yeah, because to bludgeon somebody is is not an, an easy murder. No, I mean that that takes. And there was DNA at the scene, but they didn't have anyone to match it to. It was, it was contaminated yes. because of the, the fire. So who... They we, said unless they had an exact specimen to match it to, because of the contamination, nothing was going to come up. Right. Um, and so she disappears, and Wes gets involved, and he's starting to see some weird things in the people that he's interviewing her, be, because he's looking for Sadie. Mm-hmm. They can't find a Sadie. Come to find out, she's been using her middle name of Lyra... So mm-hmm. all of the people, he then has to go re-interview all these people. Yeah. Hey, did you know Lyra? Oh, yeah, I do, actually. Well, except for a few people she actually gave her name to. Yes. Um. So I guess we need to give a little bit of information here. Um. So Maybeth is the one that gets West involved. And Maybeth is her adop- basically adoptive adopted grandmother. grandmother. It was her real grandmother's best friend. Yeah. They um, take in the girls. Um, Sadie comes from a very broken house. Uh, her mom is very much a meth addict. She's an all sorts of drugs addict. They they specifically say years. meth yeah. and, and crystal meth. And she left, uh, I guess, when Maddie was 10. 10. So she's been gone for three years, which means that Sadie has, even though she was already primarily mm-hmm. raising her, she is completely in charge of raising her now for the last yeah. three years. Dropped out of high school to do it and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, I the devastation of losing a sibling, neither of us had to do that yet. You lost a dad and I've lost, you know, my grandmother. And those were big things that hit us. I, can, I can't even start to fathom how much grief Sadie is dealing with. Especially when she's basically raised her her whole life, even yeah. though that's her sister. She's played a maternal figure in her yeah. life. That's that's the, in my opinion, that's the equivalent. Of she did child. everything for Maddie, and yes. you know, Maddie's a preteen. She doesn't understand 
what Sadie has done for her, what has Sadie has given up for her. And she still worships her mother, even though her mother left. And that's, yeah. And I think that's hard for Sadie to, to take in. So, really starting off the book you get that snapshot so you under you can kind of understand why Sadie is upset and mad because they can't find her sister's murderer and Sadie already knows that the man who most likely did it was Keith and Keith is somebody that has come into their life a while back a, a while back he was one of her, their mom's boyfriends and you find out that Keith was sexually abusing Sadie. Sadie the whole time. And that you also find out later that he wanted to, to do to, it, to, to, do it Maddie. to Maddie as well. But the mom got tired of him um, Quote and, unquote. and kicked him out. Yeah. Um, and even even later, I know this is kind of jumping ahead, but even later she yeah. admits she was like, I was all sorts of messed up. But even then, I, I knew, knew something, something wasn't, wasn't right. right. And I, I know he didn't touch her because she didn't act like it. But I also really can't shake the feeling that the night I kicked him out, when I caught him yeah. with Maddie, his pants were unzipped. Like, see, she made I, a comment, but then did she was she? like, "I don't remember that." I remember yeah. she said that she just wasn't right. Yeah, and standing there right. wasn't right. And then she's like mumbling to herself, and she was like, "And and when I think about it, yeah, maybe his pants were unzipped, but I don't know. But I knew it wasn't right, and I kicked him out anyway." And like, yeah. she's yeah. Is she mother of the year? No. No. Um, but... um, God, no. So, she thinks that Keith is related to... uh, No. Sadie... Sadie swears up and down it was Keith. Well, yeah, she she knows. She knows that it was Keith, but there's no proof at this point. Right. So, she basically goes on a man... I mean, she abandons everything, throws all of her stuff away from the trailer, throws it in the dumpster. She knows she's not coming back. She tosses her phone. She goes off-grid, pretty much. Yeah, goes and buys a car and then just heads out. Yeah. And she... I mean... The what she does and how she gets information... so smart. I mean... Yes! Super spy. Pretty much. Like, she's like pulling at strings and she even says that multiple times i'm grasping at strings like when she finds out when we find out really pretty much right off the bat that keith is not keith yeah everyone knows him as something darren yeah yeah darren and then later christopher and then on a no john well on a on the id she finds a john but then the little girl that she finds in the end he she Hmm. knows him as christopher but his actual name is jack it's a whole thing he's got like six ids yeah um but she goes through people and through those people she meets someone else and then through that person mm-hmm. she knows that person's brother then she finds out that that person's brother is also a child molester. okay okay i can't stop it gets crazy <laughs> I, I i'm not a, i'm not disagreeing with you the crazy is there but i feel like we're going too fast so you're right, you're right. i'm sorry um so yeah so she she finds out that Keith, who she knew as Keith, is not Keith. He goes by Darren. And she finds that through a lady that Keith lived with, who they they went to school with him, actually. But the lady's not willing to give the name. And I thought that was a really interesting point in the story. Because she's talking to... You didn't get why? Oh, no, I did. I'm just saying it was an interesting part in the story. Um, because she's talking to this lady, and the lady lives right next to a school. 
And she's like talking about like his time there and and stuff. And yeah, then every morning he would, he would drink a coffee, coffee while staring at the, at the playground. playground. Yeah, but the reason she won't give him the information is because that's his kid. I don't you think... didn't catch on. So she she claimed several times, and Sadie. The only reason that I caught on is because I think Sadie thought that. So she's looking at the kid, realizes the kid's only about two, and then she says, "Well, how long has it been since you've seen Darren?" Quote unquote. And she's like, "Yeah, he lived with me a while back, like two years ago. I haven't seen him since." And then, like, she keeps I didn't put the two and two together, and she won't give him information. And it's because if she gives him that information, and even I think she knows what he is. Now she's linked to her and her kid. And I think if she just doesn't tell anybody that that's his father, if she doesn't tell anybody about the resemblance between them, if he doesn't ever find out about him, she doesn't have to worry about that. That's true. That's true. I, I find the way, though, that she found out about Darren Mm -hmm. is interesting because I, so after reading Sadie, I had to go and do my own research myself on certain things because I was just like, there's no way that some of this stuff is is factual. It's factual. Yeah. Which is sad. But kind of skipping ahead. So after she goes and talks to this lady, she didn't go She finds out out. that this quote-unquote Darren guy is best friends with her brother. Right. And has been since they were kids. So she gets the information through Sal's kids, which I thought was really weird at the beginning but then at the same time I'm like you know what girl you do you kind of moment sure whatever I didn't and all she wants to do all she thinks she's going to do is she's going to get in the house she's going to go through their phone whatever and get information on Darren Darren. (gasps) oh god girl uncovers so much more than that Uh, there's a reason that Silas and uh, Darren are best friends because they're both well, and the and, and the wording that his Salas's sister uses is that Salas found Darren and took Darren under his wing. So it was, and she even admitted it was weird because he was this golden boy that never did anything wrong, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he was friends with the lowest of the low, and right. everyone left Darren alone after that. And I'm like, that doesn't something make sense either. Well, I mean, like. They're charity cases. That, it, well, that was not a charity case, though. She said that he became, like, but they were inseparable. Right. And, like, later on, you, I mean, we, we come to find out maybe why they're inseparable, but the question I want to throw out is, um, was it one of those that they noticed that about each other? And that's what drew them together? My best bet is that one of them caught the other one doing something. And they were like, don't worry. Like, your secret's safe with me. Here's why. And then after that, they were in separate. Because it doesn't Mm -hmm. explain who found who really. The narrative is that Silas just took him under his wing. And then after that, you know, things got better for Darren. But, like. But, see, I don't. The thing that I don't understand is the difference between Salas and Darren. Because there are differences between how those two gentlemen handle the pedophilia. Mm -hmm. So, when Sadie goes and talks to the sister, the sister pretty much states, Salas, my brother, has been BFFs with Darren for forever. We went to school together. Yada, yada, yada. This is what happens. However, I don't talk to my brother anymore after I found out that Darren, you know 
does and crazy. He, and he stuck up for him, and mm-hmm. I thought that was bad, so, like, I didn't, I don't talk to my brother. I don't talk to my brother but anymore. At this point, do you think that she has any... Oh, yeah. She, you think that she knows about Silas, though, is what yeah. You think she knew? She knew. I don't think she knew at that point. I think she knew. Because at that point, she still wasn't willing to talk, and then after... Sadie pays after, her off. Well, yes, but no, she tells Sadie, but she won't talk to Wes or anything. But after Silas gets caught and it's in the papers and stuff and they contact her again, she's like, yeah, I'll talk to you. I had no idea that my brother was involved in this and now I feel awful because I sent this girl to him. I like, think she knew. I think, I think, think it's just her trying to save face. Yeah. I think this is one of those moments where Courtney Summers shows us how people try to compartmentalize things like this. Yes. They... This is something that is so taboo in our culture, and I think, especially when it's something that hits home, mm-hmm. I don't think, I knew, I mean, she knew Darren was um, hurting kids, yeah. and that's why she threw him out. But she didn't call the police. She didn't do X, Y, Z. And that is a big thing that happens over and over again in this book is that people find out, and even the people that are disgusted by it, don't call the police. They don't do anything. They're like, well, I kicked him out, or well, I did this. But then they also comment on the fact that he purposely finds these women who he knows are drug addicts or alcoholics or... Single moms. Single, you know, people whose kids that he can hurt and people who he knows won't call the cops if he gets caught. He has an, he has an MMO. Yes. He has, an, he has a bad MO. And it's... Uh, no. He, I, he, he preys on people that unfortunately can't help themselves. And so that's, I think, something that needs to be discussed is it's so easy when you're reading something like this, when you're hearing a story like this, it's like... Well, why didn't you go to the police? Why didn't you? Why didn't you? Why didn't because you? Because he's picking people that actually physically can't go to the police or for whatever reason. And that's the thing. Like, um, Salas' sister, she wasn't in a, a bad position. She wasn't in a great position. But her position is one, I think, that she probably could have gone. She could have. But let, let's say she did. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what you, you don't have the pictures sexual you don't have assault survivors aren't even believed you think True. that they're gonna believe someone that just says hey i know he's hurting kids but there's no proof even if he does get caught half the time they're let off in six months True. i mean that's it, why that's why when <laughs> when we flip over to how sal is caught which i thought was really really interesting so sadie goes to the town that sal lives in and she befriends um, her kids, or his kids, kids. and um, some of their friends. And she decides to tail Sal. For whatever reason, I have no idea, honestly. Yeah, well, she she doesn't even know. She's sitting in the car, and she said, and literally, I, it didn't even register to me that I had turned the car on to follow him until I was already doing it. Like, yeah. it, it didn't make sense. But it's a good thing she did. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a good thing that she did. And he his home base is, like, outside of town. I call them home bases. I don't know what the actual term of them would his, be. Like, his, like, hide place. He has, like, this weird abandoned shack where he hides kitty porn. Mm-hmm. And Child pornography. So she finds it and tells one of the kid's friends about it because they're kind of, like, having a little love thing Yeah, so already. she and, Ho- uh, and Jave... And are having a connection 
she's sitting at a local cafe and he's trying to chat her up and talk to her after and he can tell something wrong and he can tell something wrong and she, the only thing we see in Sadie's chapter is she it looks like she's almost going into a panic attack yes and her chapter ends and then we flip over to a podcast and we honestly don't know what happens in that until much later in the book yeah but because we're trying to like help piece you guys stuff together we're gonna go ahead and just let you guys know what happens so basically she takes javi out there and shows him like she literally tells him the whole story like i tailed him i don't know why i told him but i just felt like something was wrong shows him the child pornography photos and she's like, you have to do something about it i can't i still have things to do right i can't get caught right now and if you don't want to get caught, that's fine. Just tell them you found a dead body there. And they'll have to go investigate it anyway. You don't mm-hmm. have to tell them that it's child porn. And that's the craziest part is it was easier to get cops out there for a dead body than to say there are live children being hurt right now. Please do something about it. Yeah, That has to be a discussion that's had on a huge scale because that is disgusting. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, murder is terrible. Yeah. But these kids are actively alive and victims and they're living through it right now. Yeah. And it is easier to get a cop out there for a deceased person mm-hmm. than for a living child. I just, mm-hmm. look, guys, I don't even have time. That's a whole three part yeah. podcast right there. But yeah. Um, so Hobby calls the police. Well, and I guess there's like actual footage of him standing outside on the because phone it takes, booth. Because it takes him 10 minutes. Yeah. Because, like, there's, he said that he was struggling because he knew that Silas needed to be stopped, but, but he, he knew, knew the kids, kids in those pictures, and he knew what it was going to happen because now all these kids are going to have to be interviewed and talked to, and all their trauma is going to have to be brought well, back Well, and that, and he knew Silas's kids themselves, and that he was friends with them. Best and, friends. You know, God damn it, he was my little league coach. Like, yeah. he didn't do anything to me. Yeah. How can I do this to him and he's such a stand-up guy and he's such a nice guy i feel like that's a very common thread that courtney summers puts throughout the book salas is a nice guy he does good things for our community you know he won an award for the great things he's done he owns half the town and he's got a bunch of charities and it's so hard to believe but like Anyone can be a bad person, guys. Well, Just because you're rich and do nice things does not mean well, that behind the scenes you're not an ass. Well, let's even flip the coin. Darren yeah. is also a nice person, a Christian man. A Christian man who saves a, a guy's life here in a second. Yeah. You know, like... It, it, he got another guy a job just because you do good things yeah doesn't mean you're a good person <laughs> i i love how and i wish i remembered the character's name that sadie picks up on the side of the road because i feel like she sums it up really nice there's something about these nice towns that, that just make you want to get out of them that make you want to get out of them yes. there's like this dark underbelly that a lot of people don't see i don't remember her name but i'm gonna call her sam because that's okay. what i want to call her i feel like um, it's courtney but it could be courtney i don't sam. know i'm just it, feeling a courtney girl hitchhiker girl hitchhiker girl <laughs> so she's she goes to their house by the way after she shows this to javi still goes to their house yeah because she has to get information yeah. on darren 
And so she steals Silas's phone. And gets the crap beat out of her. And he, yeah, he catches her, beats the crap out of her. Her kids catch him, and he's like, oh, she was doing this, blah, blah, blah. And then and the she's like, like, let's call the police. And he's like, mm, no, let's no, not. No, because she's, she starts to try to blackmail him. Yeah. Sadie literally like, you goes, can't, you, you can't, can't call. She's like, I know what you, what you are. I know what you've done. He's like, what do you think you know? And that's when her kids come around the corner. And I feel like there's that, that. If it was a movie, there would be that scene where you see those two lock eyes and Sadie's just going to dare him. I dare you to call the cops. I dare you to do this because I have something against you. And no matter what you say or do, I'm going to make your life hell. I also think that's another point for... I think this would make a much better movie. Because when you're reading it, Mm -hmm. she says, "And I stressed to him... You can't, okay? Now, when you're reading that, you could read that two different ways. You could read that almost like, I stressed, like I begged. You can't. I still have so much to do. You can't call the cops. Mm. But what she means is, you You can't. can't. Like, and it's all about the inflection and Mm -hmm. how it's presented. And he he tells his kids that she's obviously mentally challenged or deranged or whatever, and that they just need to let her go. Yeah. Um... And on her way out of town, it's raining, and she picks up this hitchhiker, mm-hmm. and this hitchhiker, it, it, it kind of shows you, like... For once, she lets her guard down. Well, yes, she did. She did feel comfortable with her, but I couldn't help but being irritated by Hitchhiker Girl. Okay. Why? Because she's talking about how she's been a runaway for two years and her parents are okay but her dad's kind of an asshole and he's financially mm-hmm. uh, controlling and he like never beat her but he yells sometimes and her mom doesn't do anything about it and like Sadie's mom is a literal drug addict and her sister was murdered and she mm-hmm. was molested and her sister was almost molested and like all this stuff is going on yeah and you ran away because daddy was mean <laughs> what <laughs> I mean I just and don't it takes wrong. all people. Yeah, I know. And you know, I'm not saying that anyone's trauma is lesser. Okay, trauma to someone is trauma. Mm. But the whole time I'm reading it, I couldn't help but feel judgmental. And I know oh, that yeah. says more about me than it does about her. I feel like that was. I no. I feel like that was almost supposed to be a judgmental scene yeah. because you have somebody that is probably just like the readers. You know, they've never experienced anything that Sadie has gone through. You know, they might have heard about people like Sadie, but I feel like that moment she's going, okay, reader, I'm literally going to put you in a situation where you're face to face with that and we're going to embody you and, and see, and I'm going to basically shine a light and let you know that there are greater problems out there than what you are dealing with right now. I got to give it to Courtney Summers. I mean, this isn't a young adult novel and she's not throwing, she's not holding back. She's throwing punches left and right. And she's telling you the truth as a teenager, just because mommy and daddy took your phone away because you did X, Y, and Z that that's the top of the iceberg compared to what some kids your age are going through. And I feel like as a teenager, to have that told to you is not something that's common. Well, and I mean, even before that, when she's still back in um, the town with Silas's kids, mm-hmm. um, they got grounded because they came home the night before drunk. And their version of grounded is was that they had the to stay at home and they could still have their friends over, but it had to be at the house. 
And she even makes that comment, wow, that must be so hard for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just, it, it, it just brings a whole new light to it. But anyway, yeah, she is so tired at this point that she falls asleep in the car. Um, not while she's driving or anything. They've already pulled well, over. Well, they hydroplane by accident. Oh, yeah. That was scary. Um, if anybody's hydroplaned before, it is it is not fun. No. <laughs> it's very, very scary. She, she takes a nap, and when she wakes up, the girl that she was hitchhiking with is no longer as chatty and nice mm-hmm. as she was being. And Sadie's like, I could feel something was wrong, but she's like, hey, let's go, and we can... And get I'll, get I'll, your gas. And she does. The girl still gives her money for gas. Mm-hmm. But then she's like, I gotta go stretch my legs. I'll go to the bathroom or whatever. And then Sadie can't find her. And mm-hmm. her immediate thought is, she was kidnapped. She was whatever. Which makes sense, because mm-hmm. of everything that Sadie's been through, people keep disappearing around her or dying right. or whatever. Yep. It makes sense. No, yeah, it does. But she wasn't. A hitchhiker girl mm-hmm. found her bloody shirt from where Silas had broken her nose. And her switchblade. And her switchblade that she's been carrying around for protection and stuff and to do what she's going to do. Um, and uh, she thinks that she's like some crazy murderer. Yeah. And so she hitchhikes away with someone else. Yeah. I mean. But. I don't know. That also plays on it. They even though that girl did not go through the same stuff that Sadie did, right? That girl is living a very dangerous lifestyle because yeah. anyone that you get in the car with, yeah, could take you, hurt you, rape you, put she, you in a She sex even states that like yeah. there was a guy I got into a car with, and you know just something about him wasn't vibing, yeah. and I just happened to look and saw he had ropes and duct tape, and tape and knives and, stuff. and yeah. stuff, and I was just like, peace out. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for getting me this far. But so I mean, it's still dangerous, and she put herself yeah. in so much risk for that. But um, so I kind of want to. Or- Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so Sadie keeps driving, though, because before Silas beat her up, she was able to get an address Yep. Um, for for Darren. Yeah. Um, and it's just an address out in Arizona? Possibly. I don't remember. It's Langford. Langford, yeah. Um, and she drives there, and it ends up being a motel. Right. I don't know. At this point in the book, I had to switch over to audio. So I, from this point on, I had the audio version and something that we haven't touched on is her living nightmares, her, her living nightmares of reliving what Keith has done to her and like how he interacts with her too. Like the, there's one where she relives a, a living nightmare where he is on a swing set with her, just sitting next to her and he just and puts just his arms being too friendly and intimate Mm-hmm. For being around a child, even though it looks innocent, right? He's being he's talking to her in a way like a, as a lover. Yes, and then later she's reliving one where he's watching her in the bathtub, mm-hmm. and it's still not he's not actively touching her, but it doesn't matter if that. The, makes they sense. were yeah. very uncomfortable to read. Like yes. the swing set one was just like, okay, I'm not something's not right the bathtub scene that one was i yeah no after that i literally put the book down i was like okay i need five minutes away from this if i don't get five minutes away i'm gonna be sick yeah it is really rough and um it's something that a lot of trauma 
sur- people that have trauma and survivors they live with and I just, it, it may not always be as vivid as hers where you're mm-hmm. in the middle and you snap back to it sometimes it's a nightmare sometimes it's a yeah. thought whatever well and but- she does have those too like she relives the last night that keith was with them over and, and, over, he, yeah. uh, over, and over and over again and i mean it it adds a level to why sadie is so transfixed on killing keith it also adds a level to why a lot of kids who are assaulted because and it comes up in every single one of his victims that she talks to mm-hmm. and that you find out later yeah is that he would always threaten someone else mm-hmm. it'll hurt your mommy if you tell her or with sadie it was oh you're already sleeping i'll see if maddie's awake and that's when she would wake up yeah. they they have power it's not because it's not because the kids want it no one wants it it's, yeah. it's not well, a thing it's not a thing yeah. it, but it's it uh, it just i i hear that all the time mm-hmm. from especially around adults well why didn't you say anything there, why, why no, do you think? no. There's a great point. No, Courtney, San, uh, the author, points that out with the last girl when West is interviewing the mother. She's like, "I don't understand why my daughter wouldn't come to me. She wouldn't say something to me. Like, we, the mom couldn't understand why her daughter wouldn't come forth. And she even says, it's not like I would not have believed her. Yeah. I would have done something. I should have done more. But she said that she didn't realize until... Um, he was dead. Until after he was dead. And then... Uh, Spoilers! She, yeah. <laughs> uh, she didn't realize until after he was dead and the little girl had done something wrong in school and she said, why didn't you say that? And she was like, you were just so stressed, Mommy, and I didn't want to add to it. I didn't want to hurt you any further when I know that you're just trying your best and it would have just added to your plate. And she said that was just such a weird thing for her to say. And then when she asked her about it, she said that's what Keith, Christopher, whatever, Darren... Um, said to her all the time is don't tell your mommy because she's already stressed and working hard enough to take care of you and you're just going to hurt her by saying that. What? Yeah. So, I mean, you're a child. You're that childlike mindset, I guess, is how that works. But So she finds the motel yeah. and the guy that's running it has a room set aside for this Darren guy because that Darren guy saved his life. He was in a car accident and Darren saw it happen and he was passed out bleeding at the wheel. Darren pulled him out and tourniqueted his leg or whatever mm-hmm. wherever he'd gotten cut until the ambulance got there saved his life. Yeah. And Great guy. Yeah. Once again, you can do good things and not be a good person. <laughs> but... Um, so he has a room set aside. So she's like, hell yeah, I'm going to rent two days. Mm-hmm. And tries to get into his room and can't. Tries to get a key from the kid in the morning. Mm-hmm. And the kid's like, mm, no, Darren got me this job because we have the same interests. That's how he na- That's how he worded it. And she's like, great, he's a pedophile too. Awesome. So she knows she's not going to get help from him. And so she tries to break into. No, she doesn't try. No, she, does. she breaks into. She smashes through the window with a rock, but the rock takes too much velocity and pulls her arm through and it slices it up to the point where she really does need stitches, mm-hmm. but she never gets them. Right. The kid comes up to check, sees that she's in there, confronts her 
and she, she goes ballistic yeah she literally holds him at knife point and he thinks he's gonna die yeah and she's like you're just like him and she he, he doesn't know what's going on and she's like you're you, well for lack just of a say better it. term you fuck little girls and he do was you like, enjoy fucking little yeah. girls and he goes oh my god no i met him in a chat room for like an mmo that we play online it was a game i just most people think i'm nerdy so i don't say that and so at this point in his room that he has there not only does he have all of his extra ids that he uses for all of his identities he has trophies he has pieces of clothing and ribbons and and things with names written on the back of them and one of those names is sadie right he literally has a trophy from he has a trophy for every girl and i think there were six at this point there were only four okay there were six ids for four trophies and i want to take this moment to stop and i want to compare the two honestly because i that i wrote some things down that i thought were really interesting between salas and Darren. Mm-hmm. I feel like Darren is much more aware of having to hide and is much more developed almost yes. as a, pedof- a pedophile. Mm-hmm. He has an MMO. He knows how to hunt for these women. And I'm telling he you, he hunts. To, he knows not to stay in places too long. Yeah. He knows he, he's different identities. And he's set up those different identities. That's why Langford is his home base. He's going to come back. He's going to get those IDs. And he's been marking out the ones he can't use. He has trophies. That's something that Silas never had. No, Silas has pictures, but he also has a whole different place where he hides them away and doesn't tell anyone about and doesn't revisit them. They said that No, Darren, he revisits them. Darren, well, I mean, not a whole lot, though. Darren used to come back and come back and come back, and it was so he could revisit them. I right. mean, also, it's just because it's a free room, but... Yeah. No, Darren would consistently come back to his home base. Yes. That, 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 those two things are the same. Salas would literally drive out in the middle of the day and go and revisit his victims but those are photos and i'm not sure i wanted to ask you i wrote down what's the difference between trophies like are they it, the same thing it or is, but it means something different to every creep um so whether you're a murderer or a rapist or whatever if you keep trophies it's just what's important to you some people revisit their actual crime scenes some people like if you ever watch dexter his trophy was just a single blood drop on a panel like um some people it's pictures some people it's hair it's all what it is to you but it's all the same thing it's something that when you look at it it takes you back i just felt like i felt like darren was more evolved than silas I don't think he's more evolved because I would actually say it's opposite. Oh, Silas knows that what he's doing is wrong. He knows that he has a lot. He knows he has a lot to lose, which is why he's so secretive about it. He doesn't go hunting. He doesn't go whatever. He he has a home base and he's built this whole personality around the town, thinking that he's such a good guy and he keeps up that one identity because it's his identity. And all and of he, his he does it. All of his Darren, victims were from his little league teams. Yes, but he he picked the right people, you know, and I'm not saying that he's not a pet, he is a pedophile, he is still a bad guy, but Darren, on the other hand, was so, that's all he wanted mm-hmm. in life, that he had to develop different identities, and he had to travel around, and he had to hunt for families, and he had to, all this other stuff, mm-hmm. Darren was active and almost proud of it, if that makes sense. Okay, okay. Whereas Silas, even though he was a pedophile and is still a terrible person mm-hmm. had a lot more to lose and was 
more careful about it and didn't let it control every aspect of his life. If that that that's the difference that I see between okay. the two of them. So if we're talking about in terms of being evolved, I feel like Silas was the least likely one to get caught. He wouldn't have if it no. wouldn't have been for her. Yeah, Darren, I think, is way more likely to get caught, but he couldn't because he traveled around so much and he did that on he knew because he wasn't careful about anything. No, he wasn't. And that, he got, that was he some... got caught four different times. Well, three different times, but what? He, but he just never got caught by the police. He got caught by the families, and then they just didn't say anything. Oh, okay, 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 yeah, yeah, Silas yeah. didn't get caught until Sadie, but, like... Right. Yeah, so... Yeah. Well, yeah, Silas didn't get caught until Sadie, and Darren... Darren's actions never came to light until after he died, and I guess now we're gonna just kind of jump into the ending, and I'm gonna count the ending yes. as part of when Sadie finally catches up with Darren. Kid tells her, hey... I know where he's actually at. His name is actually, um, I know where he's actually at. The kid at the motel, after he bandages his upper arm, he's like, you really need to go to a hospital. She's like, no, I'm not going to a hospital. I have to see this through. And so he bandages her up and says, hey, this is where he's at. Gives her an actual address. Mm-hmm. Not a name, just an address. And she goes there, and there's a little girl sitting on the front porch drawing. And yeah. immediately she's thinking of herself again. She has yeah. another one of those flashbacks. And she tries to talk to the girl. And the girl says, you know, I have to stay out here because Christopher's sleeping. And if I wake him, he will be very upset. And she's it's quiet reading, time. She's reading books. And Sadie's like, I have to save her. And, and tries it does to kidnap to, the girl. For, yeah, tries to kidnap the kid almost. Which I feel, I feel like that's not what she should have done no but she she does realize okay she's probably terrified she's already being hurt and now i'm coming in a complete stranger changes her tactics and gives her the rest of her money mm-hmm. to go buy babysitters club books because that's something that the, she was able to talk to her about and little girl runs off to the store yeah and is gone she tries to confront christopher who she knows as keith but who's actually jack and i found it very weird those scenes where we have of Sadie. She goes up and she goes into the little girl's room and she finds like a t-shirt with the tag already cut out and she's like holding it to her face. And I was just like, girl, you just like gone off the crazy bend right no, now? No, she just, she she's having one of those moments like this girl was me. This mm-hmm. I have to do something. And then, and then Keith like shows up in the doorframe. No, he's not even in the doorframe. He's just talking in the house. He goes, I wondered when you'd show up on my porch and then started to run down the stairs. So I thought he, he was in the doorframe. Well, he might have been, but he he's the one that took off first. And she mm-hmm. said, I didn't bother being quiet about it because he already knew I was there. And I saw that the back door was open, so I ran through it, and then everything goes black for her. Right. And that, unfortunately, is the last that we hear from Sadie. Yeah. Um... But what we come to find out through the podcast mm-hmm. um, is that Wes followed down every all of these. He figures out her aliases and he follows her and he checks back up on people and he hounds Silas's sister till she finally talks to him and is able to find out that Keith is actually Jack, tracks him down, and then tracks this house down, same house that the kids sent him to. Mm-hmm. And the mother's like, well, yeah, I know that guy, but I know him as Christopher, and he's dead. Yeah. And then, like, we literally flip to um, kind of Christopher, Darren, Keith, Jack, comes home really late. 
Um, says he got mugged. Said he got mugged. You know, wallet stolen, cash taken, everything. But doesn't want to go to the hospital and doesn't want to call the police. Yeah. He just wants to lay down and rest. So she lets him lay down. She lets him rest. Sends her daughter off, her to, off a to a friend's, friend's house. house. Um, then she goes to work, comes home. He's unresponsive. And I guess that he died of sepsis. Was that what he died yes. of? Because uh, he wouldn't go get his treatment fixed. And it turns out that he had been stabbed. Which is exactly what Sadie said that she would do to him. Yeah. Um, Pretty much he got, he bled, he had internal bleeding and yeah, bled to death. Yeah, he had internal death. bleeding and then he got Hemorrhaged. an infection from it. Yeah. Um, but I, mm, what was mm, it? Mm, mm, I saved the last page of the book. Okay. Okay, I literally took a screenshot of it just because I didn't want to have to have my phone reset it and everything. Okay. The whole time that Wes is doing the story, he really doesn't want to do it. He says in the beginning that girls go missing all, all the, the time, time, which is so freaking true. It, and I understand why, because from a media perspective, girls go missing all the time. It's nothing new. It's nothing interesting. And he People even like foreshadows it at the beginning when he's telling his his um, publisher of or like his boss. He's like, I don't want to do this. There's something just not right about this. I don't want to do it. I don't want any part of it. And Maybeth convinces him to do it just by saying, look, I don't want another dead girl. I, mm-hmm. I don't, I already have Maddie. I don't want Sadie. Yeah. So I'm just going to read this to you guys. This, this will give you, uh, this is why it get, I got, it got bonus points. And this is one of the most perfect endings I've ever read to a book. Now, if you guys remember last episode when I was foreshadowing this book, I told Ashley there was a chance that we weren't going to get to know what happened. Yeah. Unfortunately. That's the truth. That's the truth. They don't know what happened to Sadie. They, they haven't, they found her car later, but they never mm-hmm. found a body. They don't They've know whether or not. They've speculated that they believe that Jack took her car and moved it. Yeah, and that maybe he killed her and buried her and then came back and died. You know, yeah. regardless, Sadie got her revenge. She took him down. Yeah. I mean, I mean and how he comes And his to DNA was, was matched, matched to Maddie. Maddie's. So even though Sadie wasn't there to see it, maybe, we don't know. Yeah. He, you know, they got the ending that she wanted. Yeah. Um, but here's how they end it. This is Wes talking. I told Danny, that's his boss, that I didn't want this story because I didn't think it was the one. And that was a lie, too. I don't know what... The, sorry. I don't know that the truth is much better. Girls go missing all the time and ignorance is bliss. I didn't want this story because I was afraid. I was afraid of what I wouldn't find and I was afraid of what I would. And I still am. I never got to meet Sadie Hunter... But I feel in some small, through though significant way, I've gotten to know her. 20 years ago, she was born and placed in her mother's arms. Six years after that, Maddie was placed in hers and her whole world came alive. In Maddie, Sadie found a sense of purpose, a place to put her love. But love is complicated. Oh, I might cry during... Um, you have this. But love is complicated and it's messy. It can inspire selfishness, selflessness, and our greatest accomplishments and our hardest mistakes. It brings us together, and it can just as easily drive us apart, but it can drive us. When Sadie lost Maddie, it drove her to leave her home in Cold Creek, to take on the loneliness and pain of all those miles, just to find her little sister's murderer and make the world right again, even possibly at the expense of hers. We may never know what exactly happened between Sadie and Jack, but I know what I want to believe, and in this aftermath, it is Sadie's love for Maddie that remains to fill in those gaps until, if or when, Sadie returns to tell us in her own words. And Sadie, if you're out there, please let me know because I can't take another dead girl. 
It's a pretty moving. That is how the book ends, you guys. Like, I have chills. I'm trying not to cry. It... That's deserving hard. of bonus points. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that that's some hard shit. Like, no joke. And <sighs> after I read this book, I literally told my husband, I'm like, look, I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole, but I need information. So mm-hmm. I literally went on to a few websites, and I just was like, I just want to know, like, common trends. Like, did Courtney Summer actually do her homework? And, I mean, what I found was that, you know, statistically... Um, it is more practical practical for uh, men to be pedophilias. Um, some common traits is that they are married. They're actually stable income. However, they feed on low income or impoverished areas. Mm-hmm. Um, they're active in society. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, this is not a person that is, you know, just slinking around. Like, I don't know. They're trustworthy people. They yeah. give you a reason to trust them. Yeah. And, um, there's no actual, like, psychosis information on how this is developed, Mm -hmm. from what I can find. Um, the information that I did find was, um, some doctors believe that it is during the adolescent stages of when we're coming into our sexuality, something in our brain just like triggers that that is what sexually arouses us um a lot of doctors speculate that this is a primal part of the brain where back in olden times it was not uncommon for men at a certain age to have very young young brides young wives because that's how you had to procreate back then so a lot of doctors actually suspect that this is something within our primal brains Mm -hmm. that tell us that this is okay yeah now society says it's not okay but that is what a lot of psychologists and doctors that have studied the psychosis believe to be things aligned with Mm -hmm. now you can take that with a grain of salt you don't have to believe it you you can believe it or not it's up to you i just thought it was really interesting like i i grew up with the notion that people that abuse children or that sexually assaulted even teenagers of any like male female anything um I don't know why. I just had this... I always had this thing in the, my, in the back of my head that I just remember my grandparents saying that, you know, if you're stupid enough to do that, then you should have a giant sign in your front yard mm-hmm. to tell everybody what you you do. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It's... It's hard. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to go too deep into it, but having been through a lot of counseling for my traumas... Um, well, and you have kids that come in and out of your work constantly that probably yeah. have had All, this issue. Yeah. Well, and even even the kids that are in there, because we do, we, we have kids that are in there for child molest sometimes. And it's because if, if, the, if the person that you touch or do sexual things with, whatever is under the age of consent it doesn't matter if you are also under the age of consent you are now officially in there for child molest yeah um 
having been a, a survivor of that, I don't want to get into all that right now, but through all of the counseling and, and the stuff that I've dealt with, one of the major things that happens is a lot of times people that do this crave power. And sometimes it's because they are narcissists and that's just the end of it. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's because they have um, unresolved traumas. In my case, the person that hurt me as a child was also hurt and they were also young. Mm-hmm. Um, not as young as I was, but they were also yeah. young and they were attempting to regain their power. Unfortunately, it is a huge nasty cycle the person takes the power from you and you regain your power by taking it from someone else and until you are able to realize no no that is not the way to regain your power that cycle is never going to stop yeah um there has to be more access to counseling there has to be more access to to centers and information and we're living in an age now where everything is available on the internet and there are so many different ways to contact people and get help and I'm really really hopeful that we are coming into an age where this is going to start to really make a turn yep no I agree I agree but you know it it it's going to take work and because it's going to take work I want to give you guys just a little bit of information um to kind of end with if, if, if we can we're gonna wrap up yeah so if you guys um need help or know anyone that needs help i have three and these are by no means all of them there are so many more that you can look up but these are the three main ones that i think help with some of the things that we went over today there's the national sexual assault hotline it is open 24 hours a day 365 even on holidays um i believe they only have english and spanish speakers available from what i was able to see um but they also have online chat available for those that are hard of hearing or in this case like if you're a girl like sadie who has a stutter and does better with typing that's also available and all of that is available for free anonymously Mm -hmm. um 24 7 365 Uh, The number for them is 1-800-656-4673. And then there's the National Human Trafficking Hotline. I started really thinking about this after Hitchhiker Girl because, like, Mm. that is so dangerous to put yourself in that situation. If you have been human trafficked, if you are in human trafficking, if you are listening to this episode, you... There are so many ways that you can get help. Um, You can call 1-888-373-7888. Where you can text help or info to 233-733. Again, they are open 24-7-365. Not only do they have English and Spanish as their primary speakers, but they have immediate access to over 200 translators of different languages. So no matter where you are and what you're listening to, if you are in danger, please get yourself help. Lastly, but I think most importantly just for this story is the National Child Abuse Hotline. Now, obviously, you can always just contact your local DCS, CPS organization in your area. 
All of those are available through a quick Google search. Um, but there is a national child abuse hotline. It's very easy to remember. It's 1-800-4-A-CHILD or 1-800-422-4453. Um, just as with the National Human Trafficking Hotline, they're open 24-7, 365, even on holidays with over 200 plus more translators. But that is only available for helping people in the U.S. or Canada. Um, I hope that wherever you guys are that you're staying safe. Um if you sorry i'm trying really hard um this one's a tough one if you have ever been assaulted raped molested anything um you are not alone unfortunately it happens way more often than it should and it's disgusting and but you're not you're not alone i mean we're here for you um there are so many people that are here for you and even when you don't feel it you are so loved and i need to turn this over to ashley because i am making a fool out of myself (laughs) no honey you're not i think if anything i think our our listeners have understood that um we you and me we don't we don't work in uh easy jobs you work with (laughs) troubled youth and i work with a wide range of of patients that have to deal with horrible chronic diseases and i'm glad i picked sadie as a book for february because you know originally we picked sadie because it was supposed to be a take on a podcast and because it's national radio month month or something um but this is also you know the month of love and compassion and caring and i think that Courtney Summers as an author has made something for teens that allow them to start to to use their brains in a way that I don't think any other author has uh, yes. put out there. If there is, hey, let us know. Tweet at us. Instagram chat us. Yes. Email us. You you know we are always open to book suggestions and topics. We pretty much read everything except, you know, nonfiction bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, really, we would love to have a discussion with you about this. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it needs to remain anonymous. I mean, if you bring up points and you say, hey, this is... This is my story, and I would love to share it with you guys just as long as you don't use my name or whatever. Let us know. We will. Yeah. We, we love being involved with you guys. Um, you guys mean the world to us. We love doing what we do, but, you know, yeah. without you, we would just be talking to each other. So, <laughs> <laughs> Which we already do that. Yeah, that's basically all we're doing anyway. Yeah. So let's to wrap up um, for this one, Sadie, Courtney Summers definitely deserves a look into, I, I think – Yes. And you seem to have really have enjoyed it. <laughs> um, something I know that you touched on in our February TBR is that you wanted to make, you didn't know whether or not this book was going to scratch your itch for your true crime podcast nostalgia goodies. Um, I want to know, did Sadie scratch that itch? Did it scratch my podcast itch? No, did it scratch my true crime, unsolved, what? It, yes. 
Absolutely. Okay. So it scratched a different itch that I didn't realize that I needed, um, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just I just wish it had been in a different media. That is all. I think that okay. it was fantastic otherwise. All right. Well, I am thoroughly happy and content. Yes. So I think this is a wonderful stopping point. Uh, tune in in a week. We're going to do our March TBR, and you'll be hearing what our next book is. So stay tuned for that. And I'm Ashley. I'm Megan. And this is Wine Wine and Dine. Dine.